to the Synthesizers Podcast. Hey, I'm Todd. Hey, I'm Chris. 20 years ago, Todd and I were in a band. We spent countless hours in the back of vans and in hotel rooms and airports talking about deep things like philosophy and religion. Art. It wasn't all deep things, though. And aliens. Aliens. Definitely aliens. But it, uh, it's been like, it's been 20 years, right? Exactly. We're back together and trying to catch up and see uh, where we are in life, if our views have changed or if they've not changed and just what's going on, so. What I've always appreciated is that we see eye to eye on a lot of important things, but we also contrast on a lot of things. And I learn from the way you think and I hope you, learn from me as well so this will be fun probably not okay <clears throat> all right so what have you been thinking about it's good for us to to connect like this i think i i spend a lot of time in my head um i spend a lot of time alone i work from home uh, walk in the woods with the dogs but to actually have to sit down and put some of these thoughts uh into words is a good exercise for me and an opportunity for me to process some of these things. 2020 being what it was, uh, we, ex we experienced a lot of death, right? Yeah. Uh, in this year of COVID, you know, over 500,000 Americans uh, died from this. Yeah, some of um, our friends' families, both of our friends' families, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in the spring of this year, I attended three funerals, almost back to back to back. And they were unique funerals too, because they weren't old people. And there wasn't the resolve that comes when your grandparents pass away and it finally feels complete, right? And they're, they're not in any suffering anymore. Yeah. I went to the funeral of a couple of teenagers and a former girlfriend. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about death or like really about life and this existence. You mentioned, and, wait, you mentioned before your ex-girlfriend was that, that was Pinky? Yeah, I kind of want to go through each one of these and, and, and sort of tell you about the things that I learned as, oh, as wow. I attended these funerals and sort of sure. get your thoughts on it. And then what I would like to do is kind of go into this is this great mystery. Yeah. What is there after we die? This right. mystery that has you know, plagued us for thousands of years as we've been conscious thinking about this. Yeah. Our whole lives, we kind of work on being at peace with it, right? And yet it's disturbing. The not knowing is really disturbing. Even within your own like tribe, you know? Even sure. within Christianity, there's so much and it's been so much. Like uh, it, people try to make people try to make peace with certainty, but if they really like research where stuff is from, they're just making peace with mystery because they don't know. I know there have been some interesting stories. There have been billions of people who have died and not come back yeah and so we know coming back 
isn't how it works. Right. And I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about this existence, this life, sort of like a game, right? Baseball or, or, or football, you have what is in bounds and what is out of bounds. And that sort of creates the rules of the game and it has nine innings or four quarters. And in this existence, we're bound by things like time, like time goes in one direction. Though we know mathematically, uh, you know, Einstein showed us that time doesn't work that way. But the way we experience things is events happening, happening sequentially, right? It's, it's slow time travel. Slow time travel, I like that. And it goes in one direction and not the other. And at the end of this is death. Like yeah. nobody escapes it. No one, is, no one escapes it, but it's the biggest, it's the biggest thing. It's the biggest secret that is sitting in front of everyone's face. No one wants to talk about it, but it's going to happen to every single person. I don't know why it's like, it's never always just always been on the news. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, crap. We're getting closer to when we just die. So has someone figured anything out yet? Like, right, sure. right, right. Like, because something happens like climate change is inevitable you know the sun's gonna go out <laughs> um it, it's it's interesting when when i went to my grandfather's funeral i was sitting next to my dad he was sitting on my left and iggy was sitting on my right my son and my grandfather's laying there in the casket and i remember this baseball reference where when your team was up to bat there was a guy who was up to the plate and there was a guy who was on deck and there was a guy in the hole oh. the guy on the plate. You know, he, he was ready to swing the guy, you know, the guy on deck, he's warming up. He's timing out the pitches. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And the guy in the hole, he's just putting his gloves on. You know what I mean? He's finding his helmet. He's talking to guys. He's eating big league chew. And, and then when my grandfather died, there was this like sudden like, sense of mortality right where now my dad's up at the plate and i'm on deck and iggy's in the hole <laughs> you know what i mean like you yeah. all did a shift to the left and um yeah and when i was young I, I i sort of lived like i was immortal i never thought about it and every once in a while you'd have a brush with death or you would lose someone you knew yeah you, no like, you would you would think about it you just would disagree it, but I mean, even when we were, I would think about it, but I lived yeah. as if I was immortal. I lived right. as if I couldn't couldn't die. Right. Um, because there was enough mystery to go. Mm, maybe it's fine, you know. Like it, there wasn't enough certainty. Yeah. So can I tell you about these funerals? Sure. First one took place right around uh, right after Valentine's Day, a couple days after. Um, it was a young man, uh, a close friend of Lola's. He had just turned 18 years old the week before, hmm. and he put a belt around his neck and attached it to the fan in his room and hung himself in his bedroom while his mother was in the kitchen. And his sister was in her bedroom of a small house. Ugh. And as I sat there, um, 
with Lola watching teenagers walk up to the casket, I'm looking at the path that, you know, the mother is, is grieving. The father who had been out of the picture came, you know, to the funeral and sat with her. Um, but it was different than any funeral I had been to, the funeral of a, of a teenager. And uh, I'm looking at the pastor sitting up there with him and knowing he has to get up and, yeah. you know, speak. It's different than the eulogy that kind of celebrates his life and the things he likes. Like, to give the message is like, I'm going to pull meaning out of this, uh, this book and make you feel better. Right. You know, but but I'm, I'm, I might keep some of the secrets that we say that we believe out of it to make you feel better. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it, to, to, to ease you into this. And I'm sitting next to Lola and Lola, um, Lola considers herself an agnostic. Um, she's, she's open to things, but um, critical thinking is really important to her. It's, and as we're sitting there in the funeral, and she, and she knows that I don't believe in heaven and hell, like it's described in the Bible necessarily. Like yeah. get into that. She looked at me, and, you know, I, I, I'm watching the pastor and I'm like, man, I do not envy you. Like, what are you going to say? Like, what verse are you going to go find? To make this okay, because this is not okay. A dead teenager laying there yeah. is not okay. But dust to dust, no, that's right. Yeah. And Lola looked at me and she's like, Dad, I feel like I'm the only one here who is actually processing the finiteness of this. Like I'm processing it right now, and everybody else is telling each other, hey, it's okay. Right. He's in heaven. It's like a train stop. And he took a train that's earlier. And yeah. We're all going to be there. And to see him him later, like no time. Let's celebrate yes. his life. You'll see him later. Yeah. yeah. And Lola, who doesn't believe that, says, I have to process losing him right now and the foreverness right. of him being gone. Right. And we're sitting with his teenage sister who well, and, just yeah. can't. And so, so there's this mystery, right? Like what happens after we die and nobody knows. And into this void rushes religion, right? Yeah. Christianity that we were raised with saying, it's scary to not have the answers. Here's the answers. You can right. feel better now. Right. All you have to which, do is obey which, these things. Yes, which also was not always Christianity. Yeah. And it's not just Christianity. No, you no. Know, um, well, many, many cultures, they have their experiences and they have their thoughts and beliefs about it. Yeah. So, so that was the first thing that I learned, or, or at least my first thought is we are not teaching people how to grieve death. <laughs> We're like, rather being like, hey, everything's okay it's okay you're not alone he's with you in spirit and and i think that we could do better than that so yeah. that was the first funeral the second funeral is the daughter of my cousin who my daughter they're the same age felt like they were cousins together close cousins they live in indianapolis we see them at christmas and family gatherings and this young girl uh, who was 15 this year um, 
she just had a, her brain was made up in such a way that it was just fertile for tumors. And she had them her entire life. Jeez. And just like a couple of weeks after this young man took his own life, I'm sitting at this girl's funeral, this young girl who wanted to live. Right. In her, she wanted to go to prom. She wanted to learn to drive a car. She wanted to kiss a boy. She wanted a lot of things. And, and she didn't get that. And her mother, who is really eloquent, got up to do the eulogy. And she said, this I, don't know, the doc- I, I don't know if I could do that. Of your own child? No. I don't even know if I could do that with my parents. I don't want to. With your parents. Uh, I don't want to sidetrack. But I mean, if we're talking about processing, like I don't, I don't, I, don't, I would just wail, Relevant. you know, yeah. it's, not, it's not common in the States to be acceptable to be at the funeral and just wail and yell and scream, but it is acceptable in other cultures because it's, that's reality. You're torn from me and I can't pretend, I can't pretend that, oh, wait, you don't need to do that. Yeah. It's all okay. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. No, like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, mm-mm. I lost my shit at my grandpa Cunningham's funeral. I, I walked up to the casket and the way they had his mouth wired, he never made that expression. Like that. Yeah. He didn't make that face. <clears throat> that's not that doesn't look that's like Yeah, that's crazy. And then I was like, and then I, I got I was in I was furious for a second. Oh yeah. Because he doesn't make that face. Whose ass needs to get kicked around here? Yeah. Because I have a hard time processing grief. Because I was never taught to process grief. We need a rewire. We need a rewire. Right. I'm, I'm pushing on the clay. And, and, <clears throat> and then I just burst into tears. And I just started wailing. You know, my uncle came up and cradled me. And I, I, it was a good hard cry. It released those endorphins that you need to process. That, and you don't escape it. You're going to feel those feels at yeah. some time. Or it's going to fuck you up. Oh, it is. Wow. So I went to so I went to this little girl's funeral and her mom got up to give a eulogy and she said that 10 days ago, it was actually nine, nine days ago, the doctor came to me and he said, You need to go have a conversation with your daughter and tell her all of the things that we've tried over all of these years, we've tried the last thing. And you're not strong enough for us to do any of these things again. And we did the last thing. Yeah. And she went and had this very honest conversation with a little girl who has known her entire life that she was different, but she had best friends. They were planning double dates. <clears throat> and this little girl got to plan her own funeral. The song that she wanted sung, who was gonna play the guitar, the pictures that were going to be shown, she recorded videos and talking to us, and she set up an account. I can't even like that doesn't even make me smile. Even though I think it's fantastic, she was able to do that. That is so like heavy. Like I, that is heavy. Like she was I, like, she was like, wow. They set up an account with the Humane Society in her name, and. 
before the funeral and everyone got the announcement, they're like, no flowers. We got that covered. Just make a donation. She loved the Humane Society. She loves cats. She wants cats to be in heaven, whatever. Um, make a donation. And right after she passed away and we all got the news, the Humane Society calls my cousin Molly and they're like, what's going on? What's going on? We have never received this much money because it was on Facebook. She had a blog about, about it. And they actually built a, a cat hotel onto the Humane Society and they're dedicating it to this young girl. Mm. And after the funeral, we walked up and we walked past, you know, you know the memorial setup and her, her uh, relatives handed us little bags of cat food. And she had recorded this video and she's like, she, ha she had her memorial in a park downtown Indianapolis. And she's like, I'm really concerned about all the cats that are homeless here in the city. And so your job, the funeral's over, your job is to take this cat food, go find a cat and give them this cat food. And we're just sobbing, sobbing at the goodness yeah and then the justice innocence and yeah and generosity past innocence just the yeah selflessness and then as i'm driving home from indianapolis i i, I rode with my dad and I, and I dropped him off uh and and i'm driving home this last hour and I get a call from a friend of mine who also worked at Habitat for Humanity. And I find out that an ex-girlfriend of mine has mysteriously died. Pinky. Pinky. <laughs> On her Facebook page, she had just been in the Bahamas. She was just at St. Thomas the weekend before. And no information, no police reports, no obituaries, nothing comes out for days. How, did you, all find, of us, how did you find out? Our, so I worked with her at Habitat for Humanity. That's where we met each other. And our boss from there, who is close with the family, called all of the employees who are close to her at that time. Um, the uh, eating out of dumpsters boss. I didn't, no, no. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, I'm sorry for this question, but is this the mouthwash boss? Yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. it is, okay. So, so I'm just reaching out to everyone I know and I know her brother and I know her sister, but since the breakup wasn't really mutual, I, I I instigated it. We'd been together for four years. Right. Um, there, was, there were circumstances uh, that led to the breakup. And it was the right thing to do. Yeah. She ended up getting back together with her husband, who she had been divorced from, who's the father of her three children. And they had another little girl who's one mm -hmm. years old. And the only thing that I could find out about her death is that she died in... Ford Hospital in Detroit, Michigan at 7 a.m. And nothing else is there. And nobody I know knows anything about it. Families holding it real close to the vest. 
And I reached out to her sister and I was just like, you know, my family is grieving. She was like a stepmother to my kids, you know, for yeah. four years, four Christmases. Yeah. And they want to process this. Would it be disruptive if we came to the, to the funeral or to the memorial? And she's like, yes, that would be very disruptive. Wow. You know, we set up a GoFundMe page for you. Go, <laughs> go there. Um, wow. And so... So now it's been several months and this is a unique thing because it's hard to process her being dead. It's hard to process the grief, not knowing how she died. Yeah, absolutely. But it's in the area of suicide, just based on, on how the family and, and community responded to it. Suicide. Murder. Murder. <laughs> Or drug overdose, yeah. which is probably the most likely. I was going to leave that one up to you. I was going to leave that one up to you. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, she didn't really drink alcohol, but when she did, she got fucked up because she had no tolerance and no experience. But I could see her partying and, and getting old with some pills and not knowing what she was taking and her heart stopping or something. I, that, that could happen. And I'm sorry. But I processed that in a weird way, dreams, you know, like kind of like feeling her, seeing her, not knowing how she died and me being estranged from the family. It was hard, it was hard to process. Um, I, I just couldn't purge it and I carried it around forever. But life has a way, you know. I guess. I'm curious, we were raised to believe similar things yeah. But we've done the research and learned to for ourselves. And I just, I'm kind of curious I, where I, you I ended up. I don't know. I'm still ending up where I'm going to end up. <clears throat> I, uh, a, a lot of us that grew up in our, in our uh, culture, within Christianity, oh, especially yeah. any branches within that, but. You're taught that uh, you can't have those questions or you're questioning your faith, you know, like yeah. you're not, well, then you must look, okay, here's an example with some friends, this is probably a couple years ago, and uh, he started asking, okay, whatever, what everyone's uh, ultimate fear is, like, what's your ultimate fear, you know, yeah. everyone went around you know, there's usually like how, how they're going to die, like on fire, or there's usually, you know, stuff like that. And I said, being uh, eaten, I don't want to be eaten by anything. No. Having <laughs> razor blades or, peel off your skin and then or, alcohol <laughs> on top of it while you keep my face alive. Yeah. Yeah. That's more of it. Yeah. It's, it's, and I said, ceasing to exist. And, yeah. and, nothing. and they went, oh, what? Aren't you a Christian? I'm like, yeah. It's like, well, why would you? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm having, I'm choosing faith to uh, hope for something else, but that, that is my fear. That's the worst thing I could possibly imagine, ceasing to exist. Like, nothing really does matter, and it doesn't. Why, why does that trouble us? Why does that trouble you? Like it does. Why? Why does it trouble me? It troubles me like, because this stuff that I'm feeling right now. Uh, is gone this like 
the stuff that um, you don't worry about leaving a legacy, you know, because they're, they're going to die and cease to exist too. Like everything is just going to stop. Yeah. Um, I, anyway, the point of that conversation with him was <clears throat> telling me that I don't have enough faith because I'm questioning if I could cease to exist, you know, yeah. <laughs> which yeah as we briefly mentioned before, was not even, that that wasn't even a part of Christianity. Christianity did not even, they didn't have an idea of eternally going to a place of bliss. They didn't have an idea of any of that stuff. Yeah, the, yeah, the Hebrews don't believe that. They went to the I mean, bosom of Abraham. I, yeah, think was, I think it was up until the second temple period, everyone the Jews, the Greeks, everyone just thought everyone went to the same place. You went to the place of the dead. You know, yeah. you went to yeah. Sheol, you went to Hades. Yeah. You went, you, there was levels within that, but everyone went to the same place, you know. Yeah. It all changed yeah. later, which is an, probably another podcast, you know, as things mutated, but the the mortality of your soul was never a it was being yeah, delivered. It, it was being delivered from what you were going through, especially uh, going through as a people, especially like within Christianity, how Christ was the their Messiah that was going to deliver them from these moments. You know, eventually branched out to realizing he was revealing God just for humanity, so everyone had a you know place within this new thing and message. But like mortality came much the idea of an immortal soul came much later for yeah. for Christi for christianity it kind of evolved over time it, it did know, to, to and, meet the need yeah it was to, yeah to meet the need and, and when more converts came into christianity they brought in their uh philosophies a lot of them were philosophers that were brought in and they became christian orators like they just changed yeah, their yeah. label you know mm -hmm. um anyway all that being said, there there is there's never been certainty, you know. That's why I yeah. that's why I could tell him the worst thing I can imagine is ceasing to exist, you know. Like, yeah. and it but it really is one of the. I feel like I'm going everywhere right now, but maybe you can put words to this. I don't know. So, without addressing anything else, but just the idea of ceasing to exist one of the things that somehow gives me hope and I, I i don't ultimately i don't hang on to that as that's what is true i've had too many other experiences and things yeah. however who knows but the one thing that does give me a little hope is that i remember right now does that i don't i've never been able to explain that really but like the fact that i'm remembering right now sort of means within in a Descartes kind of I think therefore I am way yeah your presence, your presence as the Buddhist yeah and and that's the scariest part because if I suddenly cease like I can't imagine ceasing that is the worst thing I can ever imagine but the fact that I'm remembering this right now I have these feelings right now yeah I, I that has to Within within how time works, within your mind, I don't understand. I, I just can't. I can't picture that if I'm remembering this right now and feeling the things I feel that it's gone because I feel like somehow this is connected, or I won't remember these things. I'm so glad. I, I don't anyone. have any words. I don't have any words for that. Uh, but I thought you might. I mean, I'm really glad. 
I'm glad that you went in this in this direction because in, in expressed uh, that because I don't have I don't have the right word for I, I just it's I'm not I'm not at peace of I'm not at peace about the not knowing and it's that disturbed feeling that is one of many things that lead me to believe that there is something else like us not being all right with it leads me to believe that is something in our conditioning knows right. that yeah. there's more right you right know? are you do you know of any like stuff as you've you've studied a lot more with different philosophers than i have um just that one sentence of the fact that i'm remembering now is enough to give me hope that I don't cease to exist. Like, is there anything out there that really addresses that feeling or question and puts a word to it? I, I would just love to. I think that that idea is scattered throughout all of uh, all of philosophy. You know, the 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 classic philosophers, um, the Greek philosophers, even yeah, even in the East. Um, it, have you ever I mean, heard? Of I mean, that? I mean, we know we know uh, energy like matter doesn't cease to exist. It That's right. It just forms, changes like, forms, right? Right. And so then you go back to that whole idea, which is vague. Right. But but like in this in this form, like in the way it's collected in you right. as an individual, because you're only experiencing it as Todd. And though you and I have known each other for a long time and you know a lot about me, you're not experiencing life as Chris Laurent. Only I am, and I'm not experiencing it as anyone else. That trips me out. It does. You know? It does. It's like we're both living life, but I'm living it as Chris Laurent. And that's all. Yeah. You know? Have you ever heard that you, you were talking about ceasing to exist? Have you ever heard that thing called the three deaths? We experience three deaths. I, it, it, I always, it's a vague, I always, a vague I always attribute it to like Native Americans because I, I when I think something's cool I'm just like yeah it's probably Native American but but, that, the, that we, but there's they've been more at one with the earth for a longer like period of time that I think a lot of Christian mystics then started diving into you know like and, and it's a way like their beliefs kind of developed like in the Galapagos Island, how it developed because it was untouched. It right. was untouched by Christianity or, you know, beliefs in the East. And yeah. so it, it evolved in a cool way. It's something to think about. But the book, the idea is that there are three deaths. And the first death is when you, your physical body dies. Right. The second death is when anyone who ever knew you speaks your name for the last time or the last story about Todd is told yeah. and your third death is when the last person who ever knew you died okay that's that's what I'm talking about with the whole and you process. cease to exist yeah yeah that's that's but troublesome but honestly but I, I really don't give a shit about the the other two deaths <laughs> like, <laughs> irrelevant like, like I, I don't want to cease. I, but like my my grandfather, my grandpa Cunningham, who that was like losing a, a father to me. Like he's still alive in a way because I think about him all the time. 
and I act like him and I kind of look like him and, you know, I make decisions like what would he do? Um, and then the way he's still alive because of that, you know, no, he's not. Not, not right. Not in the consciousness of the individual. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fluffy. So, so what do you, you use the word hope and I, I love that word, Like, what do you, what do you hope happens? I think we both, we don't have to get into how we were raised pretty standard. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I will a little bit just because, okay. you know, okay, there's cool. people <clears throat> but you're, you're taught cert, certainhood. You're taught that if you make this one, well, okay. After all of these crazy things mutated from early Christianity, well, from, from Judaism, early Christianity, early Christianity, they weren't even worried about trying to go somewhere for eternity. That was not even an issue. They're wanting to be delivered by a Messiah from the oppression they were going through, you know? Yeah. Um, all that is mutated to where we are now. We're taught that if we say and believe the right thing before we die, then this ultimate loving, unconditional loving creator will send us to heaven. But if we don't make that prayer or decision before we die, the unconditional love stops and we're tortured forever. Right. You're also taught coming from that culture that, well, it's not God torturing you because you're making that decision. First, that's it's it's effed up if you do your logic going into unconditional love, a God that has already mentioned in this in the Christian scriptures that he wants all man to be with him, all creation, what he wants them to all be, which which actually early Christianity, there was always three mm -hmm. forms of belief, which was um, annihilation was one, eternal torment was one, and ultimate reconciliation was one. Mm. It was always those three, one, one out for a lot of other reasons. <laughs> But there was always the ultimate reconciliation of creation with God, with the universe, with that was always the thing. Christ mentioned a lot about that. But you're always taught that uh, it's your it's your choice to be tortured for eternity. It's, it's, it's a person that could be a very nice person that doesn't say the prayer and believe this particular thing that is also going to be in torment for eternity. When I was young, it it really that really screwed me up. But you know, you held on as much as you could because these are people you respect. They're teaching you this. But in my head, it's always stuck with me. You're always taught nothing can exist outside of God. Like nothing, He's the Creator. Nothing can exist outside of Him. So if there is this hell and eternal torment, it's with it. He's sustaining it. He's keeping it there. It's held in his hands. It's he puts not, the boundaries of hell in place. He lights not, the fires not, of hell. You're not yeah. completely separated from God. Yeah, yeah. You don't have you're to not. be super cerebral to get there. Right. <laughs> yeah. You 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 can't go there logically sometimes because you're taught so much, you know, mm -hmm. that you're supposed to accept. But he's holding that in his hands. I got to a place to where. Uh, I was like, because of what I was taught, I got to the place where, and, and, and uh, I'm, I'm jumping, but 
I'm glad I got to this place having to go through all that. I don't want my kids to have to go through all of that shit. Mm-hmm. But that led me here. So I also went through a place where I was like, God, creator, I love you. Because I was worried about him sending me to hell. If you send, if you want to send. How many me, times did you do that in, when you but, were young? But first, my, the, the thing that hit me was. If I love you, and if you say I need to go to hell, I will go. Oh, that was proof nice. to me that I loved God, <laughs> that He sure. would, that He could sustain my torture. Thought I'm in a you loophole. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then I I realized I was having peace that I didn't want to cease to exist, but I'm fine being in torment forever because I'm still held in the Creator's hands. I'm not separated from him in my, in my brain, there's still hope because he has it in his hands and he said too much shit to, for me to think he would just throw people away. Anyway, C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis said hell is locked from the inside, you know? And Um, yeah. And, and I think uh, that really took me to the place of, um, being able to really look outside, look from outside in, not lose my faith. I don't even know what that means, except I, I, I do uh, personally follow the teachings of Christ. And I do. Yeah, absolutely. Based on, my, yeah, based on my experience, I still believe. <laughs> I do Those believe, are the rules of the game. I do believe, I do believe for some reason, I do believe, uh, Yeshua uh, embodied God. Let's and, let's talk about that. And revealed and revealed that. And he didn't come to start a new religion. We made one out of him. You know, he taught a way to live that was against most of our natural upbringing. Yeah. You know, and it was our, giving, our nature. Yeah. Yeah, it was giving of yourself and the things that did fit within our nature. He he justified even more. The people that were not a part of that, he never condemned. He only condemned the people that were a part of this weird law that was already being made. You know, within, I mean, we can go on forever uh, on that. Uh, but you were going to ask how many times I lost memory of sometimes in high school because I would be on the floor every night in my house yeah. asking to be saved. I would yeah. go to the rocking chair that I became a Christian at at age five and i would every night i would i I would pray until i didn't have a doubt because once you have a doubt the scriptures are used against you so once you have a doubt god doesn't hear you you know so just go and go and go i would excuse myself from high school to go to the bathroom i would just be praying on the floor in the bathroom that's that's like that's brain that's that's cult any fear of losing your faith because of something you did sin you committed or anything like that no i know I, I never worried about losing my faith i i worried about finding a loophole to not be accepted i always thought there might be a clerical error in like the lamb's book of life you know like i said christopher they're like we have a christopher but no chris <laughs> you know something like that but some of the stuff we're just saying right now some of our friends our family the, the people that have been brought up in the church as well that they don't see any of this up for debate, but it literally has never ever been 
solidified ever. We're just in an area where a certain belief system is more popular than another one. Right. Like we're, yeah. we're early, we're early Christianity for Christianity 2000 years from now. That's why, that's, I, that's right. why I want to embrace the and it really that we talk about. And it will change. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. their positions on witches and gay people will change. You know, you know I mean, Chris, Christianity had to have a, to get everybody on the same page. They even had to decide to decide in a, in a council, if Jesus was divine and God, or like they had to decide that because it was too mysterious. So they decided as, do you know what I mean? Because they didn't, we yeah, they didn't talk like that in early, yeah, they didn't talk like that in early Christianity either because they were, they were engaged in living how they're supposed to live. As having, communists. having hope in the creator, yeah. you know, that sharing their wealth. Yeah. Being one in the spirit. It's interesting, like a lot of our concepts of afterlife and like heaven and hell come, yeah, it comes from books like the, the what's the book, The Inferno, you know, it comes Dante from Tom Inferno. and Jerry, you know, Tom and Jerry, Inferno. they go actually, up on actually, five playing a harp. Dante's Inferno and another book actually like really found their way into Christianity. It wasn't just a, well, oh, they're similar. Like they began teaching ideas from that yeah yeah it's fascinating and then and then you know this is pre-television pre-internet right then it came from paintings so the like the paintings on the sistine chapel for the first time we're looking at beings angelic beings demonic beings and it's so it's sort of brought to life and we're we have imaginations we take it and we tell stories and we fill that stuff in but i mean jesus was talking about not about that. He was talking about Gehenna. He's talking about this specific life and in your life being hell. He's talking about a specific place where talking about a specific place. And, and the uh, the the thing that was brilliant, and yet I wish he would have just said certain things. But <laughs> yeah, but more specific. But his goal was to meet people where they're at. So he used the terms Gehenna and the ideas that they had about Gehenna, the things that developed, they had an idea of. That's the only way they would understand the comparison on how to live. So he was meeting people completely where they were. He wasn't making any prefaces to say, now this doesn't really exist. So I'm going to tell you, because if he did that, they wouldn't understand. So he, he talked to them through what they understood, you know? He's yeah. spoken parables yeah and um rob bell called them parallels Mm -hmm. this is like that you know um the kingdom of heaven is like the kingdom of heaven is and it's all very abstract descriptions yeah how about how about about this so that i am in you and you are just as i am in the father and I am in you. Yeah. I don't have the verse in front of me. I can look it up. It's it's I John. Am, four, it's John fourteen. I am in yeah. you. You're in me. You're in the like. That's that is. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. If, if you took that outside of our filter of Christianity, that's like what so, you're. So, we actually are one. Like that. That's not like. That's it. That's the verse. That's it. It's that they may be one, as you and I are one. 
That's that what it maybe is. we maybe one as you and I are one, and then it's John fourteen, yeah, and then John seventeen explains all of that stuff. But the, um, but and, the, but the church so, makes prefaces for those moments because it brings up too much mystery. Because how can how can we be one as Jesus is actually one as God? Like how can we how can that be? You know. So if we don't have an answer, we need to develop some prefaces for it. You know, to make it less mysterious. Just I don't know. It it, it blows me away because. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So what you're talking about is a step further. And that, that's actually in Corinthians. It yeah. says to like when you die, you become one in the spirit. And there's a bunch of one in the spirit stuff in Corinthians. And you know what? What a lot of people are talking about nowadays is the collective consciousness. You hear a lot of that in like the yoga communities and, and stuff like that. But John and, and you were always Paul, taught growing up in our culture. That that was this new age thing because they had already new age they had yeah, already confiscated the they had already confiscated that phrase you know but yeah yeah there's it nothing was just this big bucket that tons of stuff that they didn't understand fit into like Reiki right you know and, and there's nothing anti if we're talking about Christianity there's nothing anti Christian about any of that the collective conscious that we are all connected and one and there's nothing of that. The, the whole body hurts if one hurts. I mean, that's in Corinthians. Yeah. 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 But once you say collective like that, it's, it's new age because yeah. the cult mindset kicks in and you find a keyword and now you've got your defense and now you go into apologetics. So I, I kind of, I got, I got so frustrated with Christianity that I really had to step away. Sure. And I always said that I followed Jesus, just like you, you, you know, described, not just his, um, not just his teachings, his whole lifestyle. And he was like, not really into the church at all. <laughs> so I'm like, I go to church, like Jesus goes to church every once in a while, I'll show up and read. But, uh, <laughs> but he was about, he was about uh speaking in one with the creator which was something different yeah yeah it takes faith to get there you know and i'm working that out still re reworking it out but I, I still don't deny that i don't know why but i went a little like agnostic in, even read i read all of the atheists uh yeah. in, in one year and i really liked to their arguments yeah you absolutely know? Um, but at the end of the year, and I got as far as to say, all right, I'm an atheist. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let go of everything. You and I met at the Flying Saucer once, and I told you that. And you're like, no, you're not. <laughs> but the truth is, like, after I lived like that for a while, I'm like, this actually isn't what I believe. Like, if I'm right. honest with myself, I do believe that there is something. But what I struggle with is, like, is it a being? Sure. Or is it a force? Is it conscious of itself and of me and all of those things like it was described to me? I don't believe that it's a, you know, a white man with a white beard looking down, you know, but like Star Wars makes sense to me the way they describe it as, as a force and the forces within us. And Jesus gets super Star Warsy, you know, uh, uh, with it. Um, the philosopher Martin Heidegger 
uh, his, his seminal work was um, being in time. And he did a lot, he talked a lot about what time was, like beyond what I could understand when I, when I was reading it. Uh, but being, what does it mean to be a being, to right. exist autonomously as a, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, is, can I get that? Do I believe that God is that? Because right. I can do force, right? And sure. so like all of this physical matter and the way it works, mathematics, uh, uh, quantum shit all the way out to the you know which, boundaries of the universe. which we will talk about quantum stuff at some point like, too. great that's god why does it do it because you know um right these so things that we understand so when you were asking like i wonder if it's a force or a a cognitive a cognitive being, being. aware mm -hmm. of it like i just don't think we have words for it but i do think it embodies all of that i do think it he she is aware i i, I do and like, it's what active, do you, and it's active like it, it um yeah have you ever heard that thing that that yahweh those two sounds together are specifically the sound of inhaling and exhaling yeah and actually yeah but it's not yeah because it's not it's how we say it we say yahweh but when it when uh, it was dead, it was but, yeah, yeah. Like it was it was life 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 it's life inhaling breathing living but um i don't i don't think it is uh i don't think it's a stagnant just force and i don't think it's made up just of us as a force uh, just, just based something. on just based on my experiences with no proof and what i grew up in i think there was truth in that uh how how people and how 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 yeshua did actually talk to the people around him the the stuff that can be proven to come from that time as as reiterated from people there's too much to suggest from him if you're going to that that it's just like a disregular, just force. There's a there's an intimacy and personality there with the creator somehow. But that's just coming. That's just coming from that viewpoint, you know, within Christianity. But if you're talking outside of that, man, you can say whatever it is. But well, I'm curious what but, you believe. Well, I, I mean, I love what you said. Like, I believe that it's not just us. That's a define a way to define it. So, it, like, it's definitely not just us connected. It, it's the something con outside the collective, of us. Con the collective consciousness is us, with nothing, with nothing added. Because we are, we, we are God. Consciousness. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. I mean, that. I mean the, the way that people explain it. The way they think. The way they think about that. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I mean. we're a collective consciousness. But like we're, that, you don't have to make the leap unless you just have trigger trigger phrases that rally you up to say that means you're all you're God. No, because you can be one in me. I am in you. There are specific things that were separated to acknowledge that there's importance about coming together. Does that does that separated, make separated? Do you mean like Jesus is it, different than God, and you are different than Jesus? But Jesus, Father. Oh. Jesus to man, Jesus as man, but as the Christ within Israel's story, um, made specific things of like 
I am in you, me, Father. He made a specific, specific uh, differences, made, pointed them out. You know, he actually, if he, if within his own belief system, he really considered um, reveal, that his purpose is revealing the one he is connected to, to us, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole, uh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But it, when you're asking what I believe, that's mystery. I, I probably lean more towards a lot of the Franciscan monks. Um, I lean, yeah. uh, it, uh, I'm, a, I'm a, of course, science buff. How can you not when you're talking about this stuff? But not, there's not one scientist that understands what came before nothing. <laughs> Once you get to that point, it's like, and everything is on the table. There's nothing off the table because what can come from nothing is nothing an actual thing. Isn't like what like what happened? There is no way we can comprehend that. It can make you nauseous, like thinking about there being no beginning, you know. So once you have that and acknowledge that that is actually said by the science community, we have no fucking idea what came before nothing. Yeah. And there's ideas and stuff. Nothing is nothing's off the table. So nothing sound should sound nothing should sound crazy to us unless you're brought up in a culture that says it should sound crazy because this is what we believe. Is, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So um, so saying that, I I believe the creator. I believe there is a creator. I believe there is personality to the creator. I don't understand it. And it could be something way bigger. Like I, I, I'm, there's no words for it, but there is words for what uh, there's words for what the Christ told us to do, which gave gives life. And I'm all about that. Like I'm willing to give up my self for a friend. I want to love my enemy. I want to like, uh, which again go go back to the idea of hell you can't reconcile that either with god so um we're we're moving on i guess we're moving everywhere right now because well i just want to go back to you know you were talking about the the big bang like going back to that singularity and as we measure how things move away from each other in space you know at an atomic level a molecular level and in space we can use that math and go backwards, right? All the way to the singularity where all energy and matter are, sure. you know, in that, in that one spot. So after that moment- But how did it get there? If after there was, that if moment- there, If there was nothing there, how did it even get there? You know, like- After that, after that moment, uh, there, there is a pattern. Like all of these subatomic particles blasted right. out, in, you know, into creating- creating space in this, in this nothingness. Yeah, there is. And then subatomic particles organized in such a way to make atoms, right? And like atoms organized in such a way to make molecules and molecules organized in such a way to make cells, each one more complex as it grew, only in one direction, never going the other direction. Never digressing. And And then these, these complex formations of cells are you, me, antelopes, grapefruits, sparrows, 
sleeping dogs right here. Like these are just complex patterns of vibrators. Cells. So no, that's not a lot. No, oh yeah. So so like we have to look at ourselves in such a way to say like we're here and we're individuals, like cells are individuals, but we're supposed to do something together to organize in such a way to create the next thing. Because that's the pattern. It's there from the right, right. smallest to the largest, right? And and we're a part of from that. Less pattern. complex to more complex, purposefully. It's per, it okay. That that might be the the term that for me moves it outside of just a force. If I'm right. talking outside of Christian, it's purposeful. Seemingly. Seemingly it's purposeful. At least organized and follows a pattern, right? Right. So, like, let me let me. Let me throw this out. This is what I think my religion is. I, I also religion. believe in multiple dimensions and realities and sure. all of that too. So let's go, let's go there next. Which doesn't talk, which doesn't contrast or, or, or which is not in conflict with any of what we've discussed at all. My belief system, what, what I believe our purpose here is and what we're supposed to figure out is I'll use wealth as an example. We have ridiculous wealth disparity in the United States and ridiculous wealth disparity around the world. Like our poorest people in the United States are extremely wealthy compared to the average person in now, India. You know? Now, now, if we had our some of our friends and family sitting here when we said that, that is a that's a that's a that's America. A it, well, it's a it's a it's a cult mindset. It's a sudden. There's the phrase, and so then right. you suddenly go defending and like, well, people need to reach up off the boots bootstraps, and people need to like. There's always a preface for that. They eat a, their leather bootstraps. They're starving. But there, you can't say there's not a fucking disparency. Dis, disparency and like you just can't. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. And like the atrocities that are happening around the world in North Korea and Yemen, that bullshit, that is just straight evil. But like, if you just use like wealth, um, I believe that humanity collectively, when there is wealth disparity and opportunity disparity, we're sick. Absolutely. And when we get closer to what you were talking about, the book of Acts right after Christ left, living in one accord, as it was described, sharing the things that they had that's closer to health sickness yeah. is disparity health is that and I, I believe like we keep we keep getting smart like we keep getting better a little bit better like women can vote now black people are considered a whole person and <laughs> you know what i mean like we are slowly slowly getting better moving in that you, direction but do you but think we are moving to be, but do you think we are moving to be better though do you think we're actually yeah. going there or do you think yeah. that there'll be a generation after generation because we regress right. we, re we regress slowly now people have forgotten what happened 50 years ago and yeah. we repeat some of the same some things. but do you do you think that as a, a species we are progressively getting better yeah or is that and, and, is that inevitable or not um i think that not everybody is in the same place, but the more intelligent, charismatic people 
pull the other people along. Right. So there was a time when penicillin was only for the wealthy and the kings. Yeah. And now people who don't believe in penicillin get penicillin so that they don't die of infection. It goes all the way down, not well, only I mean, to the poorest people, but to I mean, the, I mean, the COVID the vaccines. We're, we're vaccinating ourselves first. Sure, we try to get it to other places. It's li- they, There are places that literally can't do it, and we could. We could but, do it. But we, we told Pfizer we wouldn't do it. We paid, we paid Pfizer to develop it, and then we're like, you can keep the rights to it and let all of them die over there just so you can make some money. It's that's capitalism. It, it is the that's and it is it is it's extreme it's capitalism, and it's the tribal idea that I'm gonna protect mine. Yeah, and I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw a little I'm gonna throw a little flag out there to well we care about these others, so uh, we're gonna spend a couple million dollars to yeah. couple billion dollars to get some doses out there. But we could all literally just bind together with with hunger as well and do the same thing. It's more complicated than that because you do have political parties that refuse help from countries, help from countries. you know yeah. they they confiscate it and don't give it to the people so yes there's always that like aspect but we we're so afraid to share especially in america because we're afraid of the old idea of the communist socialist idea and a lot of the social aspects that people are afraid of we already have like we already have that here. Like, what, what is your, what is your insurance? I yeah, mean, like, state what, parks, what highway. What is your state parks? Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. It, it that it, it is that. Yeah, it's a it's a degree of so- socialism. Um, yeah, absolute social security number, social security. Yeah, libraries. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> since you, since you were talking global. A second ago, and, and we're going that direction. I'm going to use this transition and ask you this Has China figured out anti gravity? <laughs> is how is far, we, how long have we gone in this podcast? Because I don't, know. I, don't I don't care, but just an hour, hour and a half. I, 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 just, mean, I just mean, once you're bringing this up, I might need a bourbon. Are you allowed to pa- pause a podcast? Um, I, I think that we have enough content. We have enough content. It sounds like Lola's getting home now, and um, and so let let's uh let's take let's just take a minute and then let's start okay. talking about aliens. Okay. Okay. I don't I don't want to I don't want to miss this, but it sounds like your dog provided a good pause as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, but uh, stay here. I'm not leaving you. I'm just gonna say hi to Lola. Do you have a cocktail? That's what I'm going. That's what I'm going to get. Okay, I stayed sober for that. Uh, for that podcast. Hey, hey, you know what? I did too.